What's up, man? What's going on? Oh, man. You know, same shit, new toilet. <laughs> uh, how have, uh, how's your week been? Man, you know, it's, it's been, um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> I, I got COVID for the first time. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. I forgot it's your first time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, <laughs> I finally got to experience it. Um, it was, um, it felt like a really bad flu for a few days. That was, mm, yeah. but, uh. Yeah, I like but, to you know, all the energy out of me. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing is I was just drained. Um, yeah. But I, you know, could still smell things and taste things mm. and that didn't good. feel yeah. like an elephant was sitting on my chest or anything. So I, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, good. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> how about yeah. you? How you been? Yeah. Oh, I've been good, man. Just, uh, just busy. Yeah. Um, we're going out of town here in a little bit and, uh, just, you know, just getting stuff done, wrapped up. It's the end of the month. Uh, so, you know, I'm a salesperson, so it's always the craziest time of the year or time of the like work season, whatever, uh, month wise, I guess for us. Uh, so yeah, but it's going well. Uh, but yeah, just been busy, man. Just a lot of stuff going on, family stuff, yada, yada, but good, good overall, you know, just staying busy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, that's uh busy is you know, it's one of those blessing and curse things, right? I mean, it's it's nice to be busy and have things going on, but sometimes it's like, hey man, can I just like take a day and do absolutely nothing? Just ignore <laughs> all my responsibilities and just be a human for a day. <laughs> yeah. That's what uh that's what we were doing. I think it was on uh, Saturday or something kind of had a first day in a while that we didn't have anything kind of lined up. Uh, it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what have you been listening to? Um, well, so I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of, um, a lot of Pearl Charles still, man. Like I, I feel like a broken <laughs> hooked. Uh, <laughs> but man, it's just it's so it. She just has this like listenability to her, um, mm. where it's just it's so easy to listen to the same couple of albums just over and over and mm. over. And, and every time you listen to it, there's just a little something new that you didn't notice, or, or um. You know, you like, like you, I, I tend to listen, you know, if I'm listening to something and out of nowhere, I'm like, hey, I wonder what the bass line sounds like. So then you'll kind of focus in on the bass <laughs> or focus, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, um, I've been doing a lot of that. It's just, I mean, it's just really good music. That's all there is to it. Mm. I mean, it, it, you know, not to be too much of a redneck, but ain't much more you can say. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, favorites from, from her catalog? I, you know, th this is the, this is the flip side to that answer. So I, I have like a decent answer. Then the flip side is like, no, I just like it all. Like it's, <laughs> it's such like a professional athlete answer. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. All the music is good. I like it all equally. <laughs> We're going to go out there and do our best. <laughs> yeah. Give 110%. Uh, you know, you just take it one game at a time. You do what you can, but uh, ultimately you just put one foot, one foot in front of the other and just, uh, you know, hope you stay upright. You know, um, you're going to play the game. Yeah. 
<laughs> hey man, you know that's one down. We got 161 more this season. We're just uh, we're gonna go back into that locker room, get focused. <laughs> Let's see, well, the wrong. close listener will realize I said locker room instead of clubhouse. So sorry about that for all the baseball people out there who are gonna send in letters. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> hey, hell, man, it's called a clubhouse. Where you been? Quit, watch, quit watching that basketball shit. We don't do locker rooms here, man. This clubhouse. <laughs> I guess that's that's the big leagues, though. It's the big, big Yeah, leagues. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, I've been um, – lately I've been listening to, um, well, a bunch of different stuff. I, I went on a Bowie kick for a minute there. It just kind of got me again. I was listening to some of his 90s stuff. I hadn't really, like – I don't know, kind of glazed over some of that stuff. Uh, but, like, I really like this album. Uh, I think it's uh, – I'm forgetting the name of the album. It's the one from when he got married. It's called, um, like, Black Ties and White Noise or something like that. Or maybe it's the opposite, yeah. White Noise and Black Ties. Um, and uh been listening to that. And, uh, oh, you know what I've been listening to, though, uh, today is uh, Thrillington. Have you listened to that? No, I haven't. So Thrillington is a McCartney project, but it's underneath a pseudonym. It's underneath a, like a, a fake name, uh, uh, Perse, uh, Percy Thrill Thrillington is the name that he released it under. And it's Ram. It's exactly Ram. It is all of Ram all the way through, but like an orchestral lounge jazz version. <laughs> what? And he did it. He yeah, and he he did it. He produced it, or or yeah, he pieced, he he ran the whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I didn't know you didn't know about this. Yeah, it's super cool. You're gonna love it. <laughs> it's, released it's in nineteen seventy seven, right? Yeah, he released it in seventy seven, but it was recorded in seventy one while Ram was being worked on, <clears throat> or after Ram, maybe, uh, whatever. But isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it is great because Percy good. Thrills Thrillington has their own Wikipedia page. Then you click on it, and it just takes you to McCartney's page. McCartney, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. you are right, though. That is exactly Ram. That is pretty incredible. And and if you and if you know Ram like really well, it's a great, it's a it's a real treat to listen to because it's like you know how like whenever you read something and you're like i love that book i wish i could read it again but you know not know what was going to happen again you know type of deal and same yeah. thing with music i just, just wish you could fall in love with it all over again somehow somehow just give yourself amnesia it's kind of like that because you don't know how they're going to interpret it <laughs> but you're familiar with it so it just keeps you super interested but it's really well done it's really well done um yeah i'm gonna I'm yeah gonna like to listen yeah yeah and even even songs that you know, I like that. <laughs> Maybe some people find slightly, I don't know, rough to listen to, like from Ram. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I know some people don't like Long Haired Lady, but like, I love that song. But like, that's, I love the version of that on Thrillington. Like, yeah, it's just like a loungy, like jazz kind of like, you know, sassy version. I don't know. It's just really cool. It's just such a cool idea <laughs> to think yeah. of like all the albums you're going to pick this, like, you know, folk kind of rock thing. I don't know. <laughs> Pop album. The, <laughs> to mix up that way but you know he was just ready to bust out at that point so but yeah yeah super cool. wow yeah that is uh very that is very cool you know you are the only person who routinely tells me things about musicians <laughs> that i know pretty well that i have never heard before so i really appreciate <laughs> that about you 
<laughs> um, yeah, that's wild. Um, this this yeah, I, I might like sneakily see if I can get my wife more into McCartney and the Beatles this way. Uh, <laughs> Just put that on the background. Like, yeah, I really like this. Like, yeah, you know, there's a version of this album that that they sing to. You know, there's actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 A man whose legal name is Percy Thrillington wrote it under a pseudonym <laughs> called Paul McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> uh. But that'd be a funny way, like, if you knew someone that's kind of, like, uptight or, like, just doesn't like the Beatles for whatever reason, but maybe they're really defensive about, like, jazz music or something. Like, you should check this out. And like, this is really good. Yeah. I really like this stuff. And like, oh, yeah, you should check out this McCartney album. And you're like, why would you send me that? And you're like, because it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. a cool one. Yeah. Well, you want to get into our topic for today? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, best album closers and um, yeah, your favorite. Yeah, I'm favorite. Trying to catch closers. that favorite. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'll be yeah, not not objectively <laughs> just like, best. Just yeah, just the ones yeah, that I we hold near it. Yeah. Um, so I, I before we really it. get into it, can can we have a gentleman's agreement that we'll talk about a day in the life right now and then not talk about it anymore? <laughs> oh sure. Yeah, yeah. We can okay. we can do that one. And perhaps also uh, the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so first off, I I love A Day in the Life. I mean, it's great. I love yeah. learning about how it was made. I love hearing Mal Evans count real loud in the orchestral buildup. Mm. I mean, I love all of it. I love the weird lyrics about 4,000 holes in Blackburn, Lancashire and, you know, a man <laughs> killed in a car wreck and having a smoke after you get out of bed. I love it all. It is, in my opinion, probably one of the best executed album closers ever. Um, and I mm. think that that one might be one that makes the objectively best album closers list along with my favorites <laughs> yeah. list. Um, yeah. But I... Um, like the second we agreed on this topic, I, I like I was sitting across like in the living room across from my wife and I said, hey, we're going to do another one of these podcasts and I think we're doing best album closers. And she goes, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah. And um, I think we'll probably flip a coin to see which one of us brings up a day in the life. <laughs> <laughs> so well, sorry funny. to get ahead of the curve there, but uh Oh no, yeah. I figured I figured we'd probably get the Beatles stuff out of the way. <laughs> Cuz I do because I mean that's kind of a thing I noticed that they did. They really did prioritize the ending sometimes. And I'll get to that too. <laughs> sometimes they made the ending really epic, sometimes not. Um and I hate that when they didn't because it just it didn't make sense to me. But anyways, um cuz yeah, they seemed to be very cognizant of how that there was go it was going, you know, the the protocol for like how to finish it out. And you get shit like uh, uh, <laughs> Dizzy Miss Lizzie right after yesterday. Like, come on. <laughs> like, who, <laughs> like who, who said that's like, that's how you do it. That's, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Well, you know, I, I know sometimes um, when they, when they pressed the albums on oh, vinyl, the yeah, I know sometimes that that made a difference in where in in what and song you use last. 
but um they get rid of but it. yeah how do you how can you possibly justify even at the time right like even at the time how could they justify going from yesterday to dizzy miss lizzie or like, do dizzy I, first like yeah i mean it seems like, like such an on. easy swap i can't believe someone other than i can't believe george martin didn't didn't you know take a right well i guess it's almost use like, baseball bats but like kneecap someone with a cricket bat or whatever well, well it's almost like john like just went in there like one hour before they like made the final like lineup and he's like hey put this one at the end i like that that's mine i like that, I like that one. <laughs> yeah that one's he's, fun yeah it was recorded <laughs> on the floor of a vinyl pressing factory well no it's meaning like switching up the order <laughs> like make that one last not paul's oh yeah but Slip no the guy but, 20 pounds yeah it's like let's just do that because he did this i feel like he did the same thing on rubber soul with the run for your life yeah <laughs> but no um but a day in the life is is yeah it's such an epic ending to such a you know eclectic and bright and um yeah just a vibrant album you know to have such an ending that that ebbs and flows and you you get a um a kind of a, a section to each lead uh, singer and kind of interpretation of what they want to write about or, you know, the mood and the vibe of how they are kind of when they write singularly, maybe, maybe, and, you know, and they probably wrote it together, but the way they present it and, and you kind of know the people too. Paul leans into more of those themes while John is a little weird and out there and it fits, <laughs> you know, that little, that song is a good representation of like their, the production quality at the time, the creativity, their personality, and then like, yeah, and then that big epic Indian. And it's just so funny, like just thinking about them just saying like, yeah, we just want them to keep going up and higher, <laughs> you know, just like a simple <laughs> idea. And, and this how how the orchestra was like, you want us to do what? And like, yeah, just keep going like up, <laughs> you know, just yeah. keep going. We'll tell you what stuff. And yeah. they just didn't, you know, but because they knew the idea, they just wanted the epic big build up. But yeah, it's so cool. And then, you know, that big, the epic note at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, it, yeah, it's such a great ending because it feels that's a close like what do you do after that you wouldn't even put her majesty after that like <laughs> yeah I, I think that's bonus. what's so nice about it is it is such a firm um bit of like finality that yeah. uh, like it, exactly it, you could you could play that album for someone who had never even you know can't even conceptualize what music is and they would listen to that album all the way through and at the very end of it after saying what the hell just happened um they would clearly know that that was the last song right it just it 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 just reeks of conclusory i guess right (laughs) yeah well and speaking of that the other one the end uh yeah i mean come on that's (laughs) the close name kind of gives it away uh, yeah <laughs> the name and it i i also wanted to just say this one because it's also the end of the group you know uh, in finality right. or whatever um i kind of wish that they didn't put the bonus the hidden track after it because i wish this kind of had the same weight as a day in the life because i feel like it's kind of not that way um but the end is just epic I, I you know we walked out of our wedding to this song um and uh i just love it man i love i love the the the, the very last line you know in the end the love you take is the love you make it's just epic and then and then the guitar solo the trade-off and i love oh, the, yeah. uh, uh, the the giles martin um uh, remaster of those solos the trade-off when they're they're all panned into different sections of the room so you can just it feels like you're just like in the middle of them just going nuts um 
yeah, oh, yeah. man, it's just such that's such a great conclusion. And of course, get back, you know, get back's another one that's just an epic, you know, wrap up. And um, that one's like a real soulful like wrap up. Like it doesn't have some like big epic ending. It's just like they fade out, and it's like, ooh, hell yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, and oh, and tomorrow never knows. Sorry, throw that one out there. That's another <laughs> like what like if you, I think that's another one that if you showed someone music for the first time, they'd be like, what the heck was that last thing? And then <laughs> you know, they're like. Like, wow, I guess that's how you end things. Just crazy. I, you know, so I am going to, I'm going to qualify that. Um, because I agree with you tomorrow, tomorrow never knows is a great ender. However, mm. don't you just a little bit wish that they had started out with that? I mean, because the, the, yeah, first, right. the whole idea being <laughs> relax your mind or turn off your mind, relax and float upstream. Mm. And then you yeah. get into the actual album, you know, then the yeah. next song you hear is tax man. And you're like, Oh dude, well. <laughs> <laughs> the rich don't pay nearly enough in taxes. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like uh pink Floyd before pink Floyd got super <laughs> yeah, talk commentary, but, but it's like, that would be funny, but you know that they, that's why they put like, um, um, revolution number nine and tomorrow never knows towards the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, oh, well, that, sure. that, that'll make people throw out the disc maybe right out the, <laughs> right out the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no oh, but yeah man. i mean but to us i mean like yeah that, that if that song started that album off like that would be like some like real psychedelic awakening like stuff <laughs> oh like, yeah the beatles sure. are setting the tone with this <laughs> you're like what the? <laughs> <laughs> but that that's why i always say revolver is like sergeant pepper light or sergeant pepper jr it's like all the themes that you probably love and think are groundbreaking in sergeant pepper you can probably find all that stuff in, in the album just maybe not as like hyper produced or you know whatever i don't know but it's yeah. it, they're so similar but crazy. Yeah. What an yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. They, right. they really do seem to be two sides of the same coin, but, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's great. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's pivot to someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even, even people listening had to know, like they're, they're going to spend a few minutes on the Beatles because it's these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well, Andy has got to objectively admit that like they have a lot of great like epic closers. Like they're good, they're good examples. <laughs> so we're going to start. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, well, I, uh, I'll dive in. Um, I, first off, this I wanted to mention. This was another one that uh, I had a lot of fun researching. You know, I just like yeah. sat with my phone and was going down the albums I have on my phone and going, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one." And, um, the original list was about 30 long. Um, I have managed to trim it some, but, um, but anyway, uh, but there's a lot of fodder for it. So, um, another one that I wanted to get out of way, out of the way, um, you know, is, uh, and this is, I believe the only live album I have on the list because I cut most Mm. of those out. Um, Mm. but Uh, the Grateful Dead have an album called Reckoning. It is an acoustic live album from 1981, and they close with what I think is the best version of Ripple they ever did. Um, mm. For those of you who are not deadheads out there, Ripple has been in all sorts of stuff. They've used it in The Handmaid's Tale and other like 
big popular thing. So it's a song I'm mm. sure you've heard, even if you're not a deadhead, but mm. um, it's just nice. But what I like about it is that the Grateful Dead typically ended shows, um, you know, on something that, that kind of boogies a little bit, you know, they would end it on, on mm. a cover of not fade away or, or, or going down the road, feeling bad or whatever. Um, mm. yeah. But for reckoning, because it's a little bit of a low key, uh, you know, like the album itself is a little bit more low key. Mm-hmm. And then they end on this. I, I mean, I think it is probably one of the only Grateful Dead songs that you could legitimately describe as beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> this, that was not those guys aim most of the time. Most they were like, you know, hey, here's some drugs, have some fun, you know, but um, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, the world needs plenty of that. But uh <laughs> but yeah, so Ripple, it's a it's a very sweet song, um, and I think that that uh, the live album Reckoning ending on Ripple, um, it was just such a change of pace for the Dead um, hmm. in their live shows, of course. But I also just think it's it's really well executed, and it is my favorite version of Ripple. Um, so, yeah, like, if what, I ever am making a playlist and it's got Ripple on it, it's always the live version, and sometimes that makes the Deadheads mad, but I don't really care because a deadhead you're not supposed to be mad about much <laughs> <laughs> do you know what uh, kind of the point year that was <laughs> um 81 it's 80. 19 1981 not 1881 um <laughs> 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 it would have been recording it on a wax cylinder at uh thomas edison's like laboratory i guess for 1881. <laughs> <laughs> well cool but, yeah. i need to check that one out I think I'm familiar with the song, but not. I haven't heard this this live album. I think there's just so many. Yeah, it's it's a good one. There's only um, they they have one song on there called uh, maybe it was the roses, or I think I guess it was just the rose. Something about roses. No, oh, it must um, have been. Obviously, roses, I'm a yeah. huge fan, but um, <laughs> that's that's really the only like if I was. If I could like recurate that album, I would take mm-hmm. that off because I think that one is just too. It's in a weird key. It's in some minor key, so it already sounds sad, and it's mm. it's a little bit kind of at the high end of Jerry Garcia's uh, capabilities <laughs> of hitting <laughs> notes. Uh, <laughs> so whatever. But the rest of the album is incredible, <laughs> and even maybe it was the roses is a pretty good album. It's a pretty good song. It's just. I, it is the most poorly executed on the album, in my opinion. But mm. then again, mm. uh, very few people consult me when they're talking about that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the only dead on my list, by the way, which I thought was pretty good for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I tried to like shake myself up when I felt like I was getting too linear or like <laughs> too focused on something. Like, no, 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 this is like your third rock group move on, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, let's see. I don't know where to start. I guess I'll start here. Um, I'll, I'll give you two on this guy. Um, it's childish Gambino. Um, his, his, uh, well, it wasn't his last album, it, but the one before, um, awaken my love, um, that ends with a track called stand tall. It's such a cool song, man. Um, it kind of gives me like the the energy, like the vibe of like a Bill Withers song. Um, yeah, that's what it feels like. And then it, it ends with this really cool, like epic, like outro. Um, it's yeah, it's just really beautiful. Um, and and 
and like he's got a little bit of auto tune on his voice sometimes which is uh like i guess it's the ad lib or like the background vocal that he's doing himself um but it's just it's just balanced really well um yeah i just i mean that, that whole album is great um but it's a phenomenal closer um one interesting thing about that song though is it kind of cuts off abruptly at the very end um so i always found that interesting that there's not some kind of like slick fade out or like you know smooth transition it's just like you're expecting to maybe go just a couple more notes or something and it just ends <laughs> um <laughs> and then another closer of his i love is for uh, uh because the internet um life the biggest troll is the track and I, I just that's one of my favorite if not my favorite song of his of like all time i just feel like that whole album is such a crazy experience and it wraps it up with this like i think it's like a seven minute long track and he's he's talking the whole time or like most of the time and it, he's just man he's just on fire like it's it's just a great song it's like what well, you know super well produced by ludwig super well written um and like yeah man so many different vocal like um uh ranges i mean not not like high like you know uh falsetto and all these things but like i mean like tones and like character like the way he is speaking the way he's just like emote you know talking uh yeah it's just such an epic song i just every time i hear that song i can't i can't hit next <laughs> if it pops <laughs> up i'm like all right that guy keeps that one on <laughs> but yeah i just always love that song i love the drive to that song but yeah it's super cool yeah i, I am becoming more and more of a gambino guy i like um you know like on especially on the weekends uh you know a lot of times that we like to just relax on saturdays if we can mm. um yeah and so, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll put on, like, we'll play Mario party on the switch or whatever, but because nice. yeah. <laughs> we've played it a million times, we don't need to hear all the sound effects. So we'll mute the TV and <laughs> just have, have our little Amazon thing, um, yeah. just play whatever. And, and lately it's been a lot of Frank Ocean and a lot of, a lot of Gambino and some people that my wife listens to that I have no idea what they're about, but, um, so it's it's been pretty neat. I've been getting a little bit more and more into Gambino and and uh you know, it's it's so funny cuz it's so good and he's so talented and then I just picture him as Troy from Community and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a little I'm still I still have a little bit of a mental hump like taking him serious should. as a rapper when I've seen him be <laughs> like such a nerd on Community but but he is <laughs> well, so talented, see. man. He's so oh, good. He's, he's crazy. Yeah, you should see uh you should watch Atlanta. That's a an experience. Yeah, I need to I need to watch Atlanta. I'm on my like fifth rewatch of The Wire right now because I've started doing that every <laughs> year. But then after that, I'm I might I might get into Atlanta. Um, oh, it's super cool. Like the first the first season like sets up an idea of like who these characters are, or, like you know what the narrative is, a general idea. And the second one it gets a little weird, and then the third one it gets like really weird. <laughs> it's really creative and. Yeah, it's just really well done, really well produced. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, everything he's been associated with that I've seen has been very well executed. So I, I he must just, well, you know, he's just so talented. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to mention a couple here. Um, well, not a couple. I just wanted to. I'm kind of going through my list, trying to think if there's a good order to talk about them. Um, I'm sticking with some popular people just because I think you know, whatever. Um, so Led Zeppelin, 
1976, yeah. they released Presence. Um, mm. Presence overall, I don't think, is a great album. Um, it's a little weird. It's a little synth heavy, um, which, you know, some bands could get away with. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Zepp nailed it as well as some bands did. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but you know, whatever. It's through no fault of their own. I mean, it was the mid-70s and synthesizers were still pretty new. So, um, But in. Presence ends with T is for one, um, which is just, a, I mean, it's, it is, in my opinion, far and away the best song on the album. Um, mm. And uh, it just is great because it has that same kind of huge like very in your face Led Zeppelin-ness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like A Day in the Life, it kind of has this feeling of finality. Um, mm. And I, it, it just, I don't really know how to explain that it's like the only really good song on the album. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's done so well that it actually makes the rest of the album better, I think. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like you kind of just put up with the first, seven tracks or however many are on the album and then you get to t is for one and you know after at the, at the end of that next to last album your or song you're kind of like i don't know about this Zep. it seems like you kind of phoned <laughs> it a little bit maybe maybe relied a little too much on john paul jones and the synth and then t is for one happens and you go ah you know maybe i misjudge you maybe this album's pretty good <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like and, it's like a plot twist at the end of a kind of wonky movie <laughs> it is yeah and that's exactly like, oh, like yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean like if you you know yeah it's it's got like a slightly m night Shyamalan uh quality to it <laughs> like you know i I mean you know like if you're watching the movie signs or whatever well signs doesn't really have too much of one but you know if you're watching the sixth sense or whatever and you're like okay well this movie is whatever and then bruce willis finds out he's been dead the whole time you're like oh my god this movie's awesome Uh, (laughs) um you know, or something more recent. That's just the last time I remember <laughs> seeing an Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> I was gonna say the village is kind of like that. You're, yeah, you're like, there you go. That like would have been a way like, better. What the heck example. is happening? Like most of the time, and at the end, you're like, oh, what? <laughs> it was all, yeah, it was all a lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, but yeah, Zeppelin like this for Wait, one it was all lies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I have. Uh, these are at the top of this page of this list and they're, they're going to be pretty quick because I don't have a ton to say about it, but they're great tracks. And I just, I love the album and this is just like, they're great closers. First one's throwing it back um, to BB King, BB uh, King's uh, completely well album. It ends with the thrill is gone, which, you know, he used, I think he used to wrap up a lot of his shows with that song. Um, and like, man, he's just, I, I, I've, I've watched him play that song so many times, <laughs> like live. He's just so like, man, just such a great performer, man. You know, just such a soulful person. And, you know, that, that that's an amazing blend when you get a soulful, soulful person singing, you know, their heart out. And then he's also a, a, a phenomenal guitarist. And so he's like just expressing, you know, just just, just a, it's in tandem, you know, just blowing you away. And yeah, he was just such a great showman. So I, I always love that song. Um the whole album is great. The, the beginning and the end are like the highlights for me. Like I love um, so excited. Just like, woo. Just like, man, it just gives you such a bright energy. Just like right off the bat. But anyways, 
Um, we're talking about closers. <laughs> um, and then the, the other one I just want to mention really quick because it's just right next to it. Um, it's a little more recent and it's a uh, Bahamas. Um, and I believe this is off of his first album called Pink Strat. Um, and there's a, a song called uh, Whole Wide World, which is a sweet little, I believe it's acoustic. It might have a little piano in it. Um, but that's just a lo- that's just a sweet, sweet little song. I've heard it covered tons of times in like random media and stuff. But uh, that's just a great song. I love that song. Um, oh, I think KG Elephant did a cover of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's just a. I just I've always loved that song a lot, and I kind of forgot that that's how it ends because I, I I like that album. I don't like super love it. I love all his other albums, but his first one, I I do I do like a majority of it. But I just forgot that it ended with that one. And I just love that song so. Just want to give that song a shout out. <laughs> yeah, and that's then, a that's a good one. I um, you know, I I don't listen to as as much Bahamas as I'd like to. Um, mm, I need to really get more good, into man. it, but I have hey, listened feet. to that album, um, Pink Strat, and that is uh that is a good one. So yeah, I I like the album right after that a ton. Uh, bar chords, bar chords. Oh yeah. Um, man, Alfie Jervavin, Jervanen, that's his real name. Yeah, I guess I'd go by Bahamas too. Um, (laughs) no offense, Alfie, we know you're listening. Um, it's Afy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, yeah, Afy, no offense, Afy, sorry. (laughs) Um, to be fair. I did want to say, oh. What? Oh, no, no, just, gonna, just I, how often I, do you see the name Afy? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I only know that because that's the name of one of his albums. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I also just want to say I, I, I had a Zeppelin one, too, um, that I want to throw out. And it's uh, When the Levee Breaks on four. Oh, yeah. That's just classic. So, yeah, that's a good um, one. And, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin four was the first Zeppelin album I had, like a most like a lot of people, because, you know, sure. they're stairway somewhere um yeah rock and, and i listened to it a lot and then started listening to the rest of zeppelin and started liking led zeppelin for less and less and then <laughs> like i got over myself and started listening to it again and i'm like ah, you know what this album is actually really good um yeah it's solid yeah i think i think, think that everyone with this. It, yeah and I, I think everyone who gets into music has an album like that where at some point they don't like it anymore because everyone likes it. And you kind of have a little bit of that pretentious, like, Oh, you still like Led Zeppelin. That's a baby. I'm I'm here to testify. If you, if, if that sounds, if you're listening and that sounds like you get over yourself, trust me, I I got over myself and I'm a lot happier about it. Um, So, you know, get over yourself. Just let people enjoy the music they want to. Uh, Tell them Ben. Yeah. He's the world's tiniest soapbox. Um, um, well, uh, one another popular one I wanted to mention um, that I would imagine is somewhere on your list, even if it is the larger one, um, is Neil Young and Crazy Horse ending Russ Never Sleeps with Hey, Hey, My, My. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I do have that one. <laughs> yeah, so 1979, mm, and it, it's just... It's perfect. You know, it's a callback to My My Hey Hey, the first album. I mean, the first track on the album. And um, it's another one that I, and maybe it's because it, you know, is the same as the first track, but just plugged in. Um, Mm. It just, it it also kind of has that sense of finality to it. Yeah. And um, 
I maybe I, I'm, I'm, I think talking out loud. That's what I'm learning about myself. Is the song the closers I like are ones that when you finish it, you're like that. That was good. That felt like the last song, and that's that's good. Yeah, um, it's like when you're when you're having like a, a bad like social exchange, a kind of conversation, and like you keep thinking it's over and then they keep like lingering and then they bring up something else. You're like, Oh, I thought we were done, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like that, but with an album sometimes you're like, Oh, that could have been the end there, but nah, all right. Yeah. We can talk yeah. for another couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the opposite of a false start. It's a, it's a false end. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. But which with these, it's a... like very clear. It's like yeah. someone making direct eye contact and be like, all right, buddy. Good seeing you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been there. Man. Um, one more popular one. I'll just, I'll mention real quick just sure. because it was next on my list. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. So the Rolling Stones, uh, Sticky Fingers, 1974 ends with Moonlight Mile. Oh, um, yeah. And- that's a good one. I didn't do any stones. Yeah, well, you know, so I, I started looking through a lot of their albums, and they have, they have a few of those albums where, like, the next to last song should have been the last song. Should have been. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, they they do have some good ones. Um, you know, I think it's uh, I I can't remember if it's Let It Bleed that ends with You Can't Always Get What You Want or whatever, but um, mm. you know, they do have some some really great um penultimate songs but yeah they do have a few albums where the very last song you're like ah man i wish that had been earlier because that didn't really <laughs> yeah. that didn't wrap things up but yeah. sticky fingers which is another one of those really popular albums that that deserves all of the credit that it gets um mm. You know, not that I enjoy looking at Mick Jagger's bulge every time I the album cover <laughs> pops up on my phone, but um, yeah, right. or here is zipper um, jingle well, every time I move or, the record, or a pair of Mick Jagger socks, more likely. But uh, <laughs> but um, but I do like Moonlight Mile. I think it's I think it is a like a weirdly um, kind of not sentimental, but it's like a weirdly sincere ending song. Um, Mm. you know, you think of Mick Jagger being as kind of this happy go lucky, you know, I'll take drugs and come what may, but, um, but I do like it. It actually has a little bit of feeling and a little bit of soul that, that I personally do not necessarily associate with Mick Jagger every time I listen to the stones, but, uh, Mm. But yeah, so, and that was 1971. And I will admit that like a, a disproportionate number of the ones that I chose came from the seventies. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't know that. what that is. Maybe, maybe, maybe producers just had a really good line on what a concluding song should be in the seventies. <laughs> Or, or maybe it was just because that was around the time the Coke was wearing off. And so they were kind of starting that come down anyway. And <laughs> just, <laughs> just wrap it up. I don't know, boys. Let's end it on something good. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, Moonlight Mile is a good one that I feel like people don't always highlight for the Stones. Because that, that's when they had Billy Preston in the mix. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one. And I think he was on Exile, too. Uh, in, on yeah. Main Street, the next album. But yeah, and anything that Billy Preston's on, it's going to be good. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. But, uh, let's see. Um, my next one, I'll go with the Black Keys. Um, I, I, I think I've highlighted this song before. 
but uh it's the ender i think this was a bonus track technically so i don't know if this really counts um but the the hidden track on their first album 240 years before your time <laughs> at like 20 minute long oh yeah and, uh, but i mean it's only like two minutes long but then the rest is just blank um i've just always loved that song it's just such eclectic weirdness like and i love i love the guitar solo i love the <laughs> you know i love the the hazy guitar you know bluesy stuff he just he just riffs on and then they just close it out and it's just such a cool like i don't know because the whole album is like gritty right and then like you get this last little like snippet and it's not just gritty blues it's also like a hint of like psychedelic weirdness you know and some like it's got some production value in it because it's panning and you know and like there's just like little things in it that like oh okay because you kind of get an idea of like their ear it's like if they wrapped it up with something that was like super stripped down or like an acoustic piece or like a you know more of like a real blues piece or like something like that or a cover or something then i would probably assume that like oh these guys are like blues men you know like they're, they're, that's what they're about but then the fact that they ended it with this one and they played these uh, she said she said so that's another indicator but um <laughs> the fact that they rent ended up with ended it with this was just like whoa what a crazy like what the like you know like because <laughs> like, like you, i don't know because that's how i always felt i think about think back when i first heard this track i was like what the heck was that like but like genuinely like i was like that was nuts that was super cool play that again like it's 20 minutes long I'm like oh no it's actually just two minutes long those punks you know <laughs> but uh but the uh but yeah that's just such a good one and then um you know I would have thought or wished that they would have some other really, really good closers. But the only other one I really, really liked was on El Camino and it's a mind eraser. Um, I just always liked that song. Um, I think it was also one of the first songs I learned on the guitar, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's got a sim- real simple little rhythm part, but uh, I, uh, I've just always liked that song. It's a, it, it fits that album super well. And so it's a good conclusion. I think little black submarines might've been a better, you know ender for that album uh just because kind of like day in the life it has a that build up factor or whatever but uh but yeah i've just always liked that song classic yeah i mean that that is a good one um yeah <laughs> yeah i think um th- those both come across like me uh, or to me they they come across like the black keys um knew that those were going to be closing tracks and mm. and i i always do appreciate that um you know I, I know we touched on that earlier talking about the beatles but um yeah because it's every once in a while it does feel like something is just kind of cobbled together but then every once and it, you know it, it does happen more i guess in quote-unquote concept albums um mm. but you know, I, I do, I do like when you listen to a closing song and you can, it, you know, you, you almost get the feeling like, you know what, I bet they wrote that first. And then we're like, okay, well, whatever the rest comes, we're closing with this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I do appreciate that a little bit. So, um, yeah, little self-awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I will uh, briefly leave the seventies <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'll mention, fine. I'm keeping us in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll briefly move to the two thousands uh, and okay, don't worry, we'll got. be back to the seventies. But, um, <laughs> so the first one I mentioned, actually, these are, these are both Texas people, which maybe is why I like them. Um, the first one I wanted to mention is uh, What Me Worry, or What Me Worry, um, I guess, if you want to say it with the proper inflection. 
um, <laughs> from St. Vincent on her debut album, which is called Marry Me. Uh, yeah. It came out in 2007, uh, which I'm going to assume was probably the summer between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college. Um, St. Vincent is from a town called Lake High, or well, an area of Dallas called Lake Highlands. Um, and for, for those of you outside Texas, that's in the Dallas area. And, and, uh, I, I grew up not far from Lake Highlands, but, um, anyway, so, um, what me worry is, is a great closer to what I think is a very underappreciated debut album. Um, I'm a big fan of St. Vincent. She, Mm. She reminds me a little bit of like a female David Byrne um, from the Talking Heads, and that might be because they recorded an album together, but it also might be just because she is just the perfect mixture of talented and weird, uh, <laughs> like David Byrne. Yeah. Um, well, she yeah, she's like she's like yeah, she's like a female like Byrne or Bowie because you know she's yeah a big Bowie yeah exactly. Too, yeah. She has she has those kind of vibes, um, and and I really really appreciate that. Um, my good friend Stephen Nonis, shout out to Stephen, ran into St. Vincent outside a recording studio in New York City one time and like took a picture with her. And so it's always <laughs> I, I love when I get to see that picture. But um, so there's that one. And then the other one I mentioned uh, from the thriving and sprawling metropolis of Commerce, Texas, um, is Ben Queller. And his mm. debut album as a solo artist was called Shaw Shaw. came out in 2002 when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And the last song on it is called Falling. Um, that is in my like pantheon of favorite closing songs ever. Um, mm. And part of it is because the lyrics are a little hometown. I mean, the, the first line of the song is... Wind, wind is cold out in Dallas. Uh, and, you know, as when I was growing up and I lived so close to Dallas, and when I would hear songs say Dallas, I was like, I love this song, even if it sucked. But <laughs> this song had the advantage of actually being good as well as mentioning Dallas. So, um, <laughs> but it's another one of those tracks that, uh, that sounds like a closer. Now, I will. I will um, curb that back a little bit by saying that this album ends with basically three songs that all sound like closers. So you do get a little (laughs) bit of that kind of false start feeling about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But every song sounds, those songs all sound like closers. So it's not like it's three that sound like they should be closers. And then he ends with a cover of dizzy miss Lizzie. Um, so at least he does, <laughs> at least he does end on what can in good conscience be called a closer, but the song is called falling. Uh, the album is Shaw Shaw. The artist has been Queller and the year, um, is 2002, which just dawned on me is 20 years ago. And now I feel ancient. Uh, <laughs> but yeah so a couple of north texas natives uh with a couple of great closers and nice That's both in one. the 2000s how about that hey there you go you <laughs> I made know. it <laughs> uh, well well i guess i think this is technically 2001 um i was gonna go with kind of a random one i have here on my list i thought was a good one but random um i was gonna go with incubus off of morning view it's a aqueous transmission. Oh yeah. It's a classic. Such yeah, a that's on my list a, too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just one. I love that whole album. That that album's great. Like it's such a that that's my favorite one of theirs. Like uh still haven't been able to find it on vinyl. Um, but anyways, um 
I just, I, there's so many moments in that album. Where I'm like, whoa, that was so epic. <laughs> just such a, you know, that's, I don't know for that, like the vibe that they were writing, you know, that like the mix of like rock and um, really well executed. Like, he, well, his vocal is like, always great. Um, but it's like the, 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 the scratching, like the DJ stuff, you know, mixed in still. And there's just little like, I don't know, aesthetics of their sound that I just feel like for morning view was just so dialed in. And then, and then it ends with this like really soothing, <laughs> really tranquil, you know, closer. And, uh, the closer doesn't really fit the most of the album, but it's just like, it's just great. Like, I don't know. I haven't really heard anyone met anyone that like is aware of that of the group or the song it's not like you know oh i don't like that one and it's like it's just i mean yeah definitely have to be in the mood to listen to it but it's just like it's just such a calm like yeah tranquil song i don't know it's just great yeah that one um i used to listen to it on my way home from uh Mm. from like from work or (laughs) after basketball (laughs) games or whatever when i was in high school and in college and Mm. um you know, when you're, when you're 17, 18, 19, 16, whatever, it is so easy to be pissed off all the time <laughs> because you, <laughs> you think you're an adult, but you're not. And you think you have responsibility, yeah. but you don't. And everything, everyone kind of talks down to you and you think you're not an idiot, but you are. And uh, <laughs> so it's so easy to be mad a lot as a teenager. And then especially if you're a teenager who does have a job um, and it's not a particularly good job because you're a teenager. So why would it be a good job? Um, you know, I worked at a few places and I, I don't want to mention names cause I think they're, they're still in business and they're great p- places, but they were terrible places to work. But you know, <laughs> I would end a shift. I worked closing shifts sometimes. So sometimes I'd be driving home at midnight or 1230 or whatever and you're just so freaking angry about all of the typical teenage crap and then what you have going on at work and whatever. You're mad at coworkers. You're mad at customers because customers are the stupidest people on the planet. And, um, <laughs> you know, and then you get in your car and you turn on that. You turn on aqueous transmissions or whatever. And it was like the exact length of my commute from work to my house. Oh, is nice. Seven <laughs> minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> and Rockwall was a small place at the time. And, um, you know, by the time you get home, like you, you still have some of the teenage angst and pissed offedness because that never really goes away when you're a teenager. But you get home <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll take a shower and go to bed and things ain't so bad. Uh, <laughs> so I have a very, very, very soft spot in my heart for that song because um, it like even just thinking about it can calm me down a little bit, which is nice uh, <laughs> to, to this day. So uh, yeah. so I'm all for it. I'm, I'm glad it got brought up. I'm glad you brought it up. So, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a classic. And, you know, but honestly, if I was to curate that album, like you know, direct how it's lined up, I would probably put that at the uh, middle, you know, as the the transition from the high energy to some kind of low energy, whatever, or whatever. Um, I would probably make that track um, just a phase. I would probably make that the ender because it's like really calm and he's just talking like the first half. And then the second half is just like, wow, explosive, you know, (laughs) and it ends and you're like, oh, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that's awesome. But yeah, um, that's a good one. Classic. Yeah. 
Um, well, uh, I guess I guess I'll segue back into the seventies by first mentioning one from the late sixties. <laughs> um, so uh, the band, um, their mm. debut album, Music from Big Pink, came out in nineteen sixty eight. The whole album is great. It's um, it's a very timeless album. Like if you found out that somehow with technology someone had recorded that album like before the civil war you would be like yeah that tracks um, <laughs> so uh, it, but not in a i mean not in a bad way you know it just kind of sounds like very <laughs> timeless music um mm. but it was recorded in 1968 the band for those of you who don't know briefly served as the backing band for ronnie hawkins and then then with bob dylan for a while um Music from Big Pink. They recorded it at a Big Pink house outside Woodstock, New York in 1968. And it ends with a song called I Shall Be Released, which was written by Bob Dylan um, and sounds very much like a gospel song. Um, hmm. And I suppose probably could be construed as one, um, although this was this was before Dylan became a born again Christian. So I would imagine that it was not conceived as a gospel song, but um hmm. But it's a great song. It's just one of those very powerful kind of ballady whatevers that you sing it. It's just so easy to get into. Every time I meet up with friends to play music, we always end up jamming this for like 15 or 20 minutes because it's so fun to play and fun to sing. <laughs> um, and uh, But again, not to beat this particular dead horse, but it just sounds like a last song. You know, I, mm. I actually um, maybe five or 10 years ago. Well, actually it was probably in 2008. Um, uh, they did a, you know, a digital remaster of music from big pink and I bought it. And in addition to the remastering, it also added like seven new tracks. Mm, and, yeah. you know, normally I appreciate that kind of thing. I like hearing demos and outtakes and whatever, sure. but they just tacked them on at the end. So you listen to I shall be released and you have this kind of cathartic moment where you're like, yeah. ah, I've listened to the album and it's great. And then the next song is some demo of some up tempo crap. And you're just like, no, no, give me the old <laughs> one back. Just remaster the old one, but don't add the new stuff. <laughs> um, and and yeah. fact, that is one of the very few albums that has been remastered and made worse by it, I think, because mm. you can't find it that's remastered without the stupid bonus tracks. But um, so, so that's, that's my I one complaint about the album. Otherwise, it is just as timeless and awesome as it ever was. And then um, very quickly to mention one from another one from the 70s, we'll go all the way up to 1973 now. Um, <laughs> Faces. The album is Ooh La La. The song is Ooh La La. Mm. Um, that whole album is not bad. I, I think it might have been the last album that Rod Stewart recorded with Faces, although I didn't look that up for sure, and so I might be wrong. But um, Ooh La La is, in my opinion, is, is it is one of the more like perfectly executed songs that I know. Um just because it doesn't like, it's really kind of a depressing song. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you listen closely, but it is, it's fun to play. It's fun to sing. It's fun to listen to. It does have that kind of finality uh, quality that I apparently look for in a closing song. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's just a really great song and it's been covered a million. I mean, it's been covered to death um, and 
you know, it's I don't think it's a difficult song to do well, which is why it's been covered so many times and probably speaks to um, how good a song it is when it can be mm. recreated and, and tweaked in these little little ways. And it's always enjoyable to listen to. So uh, mm, yeah. I did want to give a shout out to that just because I don't you know, that's one that I know for a fact would not be on my list of like objectively best album closers ever, but is on my list of favorite album closers ever. <laughs> yeah. So 1973. <laughs> nice. Well, here I'll, I'll jump back to the seventies with you. Um, T-Rex, um, the self-titled album, uh, main man is the, the closer on that love that song it's like mark bowen classic uh it's also been covered by a bunch of people um two of my preferable covers are by two of my favorite artists uh father john misty and uh portugal the man they do versions of that uh, i think portugal the man did one for the soundtrack of uh, dallas buyers club um but man I, I just always love that song and and both those covers are great like the father john misty one's like a big epic version and the the Portugal, the man's more like the original. It's kind of acoustic piece, but super, super great. I've always loved that track. This is a classic. Um, that's a, you know, it's a classic album too. Um, with like metal guru, guru and the slider and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, just another seventies person. I think this is the last one I actually have in the seventies. Like I said, I tried to be careful. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's, Oh no, that's not true. My bad. Um, but anyways, um, I, I just realized I had two other Neil Young songs. Um, I had um, from Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Um, that that That's his first album he does with Crazy Horse. Uh, that one ends with Cowgirl in the Sand. Um, I've just always loved the guitar on that song so much. I mean, I think that's like an eight-minute long song or something like that, right? Or 10-minute. It's pretty long. Yeah, it's long. That's also one of the more fun ones to sing if you're working on your Neil Young impression. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> his, his voice is, it. is very, it's, 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 yeah, it's ripe for mean, imitating yeah. in that one. So if, <laughs> if anyone's working on a good Neil Young impression, uh, that one, that one's a good one. So is the needle yeah. and the damage done by the way. But yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And old man, but, and um, old man for sure. <laughs> but yeah. And then, you know, we, we mentioned, Hey, Hey, my, my, uh, but there's the other, other one that, is, is, you know, a good conclusion. Um, and also I think the best song on this album is uh, Rockin' in the Free World from Freedom. Um, just because, you know, he's just his energetic rockin' self. Um, and, and it's just, that's a well, you know, targeted song. But uh, but yeah, those are good ones for Neil. And then I, the other one I realized is from the 70s is I put, I put, a, I put a wing song on here um, from a band on the run. It, that ends with 1985. That's just oh, a great yeah. song, man. Yeah, that is such a great song with the piano. And just like that piano part is just epic. I just love that. Like when we got to see Paul a few years ago, he played that song and I was like, hell yeah, you can still sing it. Like, <laughs> like that's, yeah, a, that's another one with a, a very imitatable vo vocals, though. 
Um, mm, oh, he, yeah. He, he sounds a little goofy when he sings it yeah, in, in goofy, the best yeah. possible way. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like energetic. Like not, yeah, like, like little, little Richard energy is like what I think he's kind of channeling, you know? Yeah. Um, I can I can get the cadence, but I can't sound like him. With Neil Young, I can actually kind of sound like Neil Young. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so someday when we're not on a hot mic, I'll try it for you. That way you can tell me if it actually sucks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, that, those are good it. ones, though. Those are all good ones. Yeah. Well, and the only other one I just realized I put a little, I put it in a circle and I forgot about is um, on Paul McCartney's album, Flaming Pie. Are you are you familiar with that one? Yeah. One from yeah. 97 that Jeff Lynn yeah. did. Um, I'm pretty sure that one has the last track that features Linda on it um, because she passed away the next year. And, and the, the closing track on that is Great Day. Right. Um and yeah, that's a that's a great song, man. And like their 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 harmony, the couple's harmony, is just like so well done. And and like yeah, man, Jeff Lynne does a great job on that album, um, producing it. Um, but like yeah, yeah that's just such a great closer and kind of sad, but also is a sweet song. Jeff Lynne is great. Um, Steve Miller also played on that album. Um, oh, that's which, right. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he's saying well, I can't remember the. Um, uh, is it called used to be bad? I, th- I think it's called used to be bad. Any, I anyway, think so. I think that's the one that Steve Miller actually sings on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, that is a, I think Ringo is a drummer on a majority of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he's on, um, he got a writing credit on one of those songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I can't remember. Well, you know, I have the entirety of the world's information in front of me. Let me just look it up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but that is a good one. Um, let me see here. Uh, really love you, track twelve. Uh, oh, writing credit is McCartney and Starkey. Uh, nice. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, hey, I mean, he he came up with the title to "Tomorrow Never Knows" and "Hard Days Night." So, <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I know. I know we're pressed up against it a little bit so i'll do a lightning round i've got five left to mention i'll be very quick sure um okay uh i I guess five yeah five man you know that aggie education every once in a while i'm not sure if i'm counting right um (laughs) okay so um, from the modern era, uh, Vampire Weekend from their self-titled uh, debut album. The the last song is called "The Kids Don't Stand a Chance." Yeah, it, it, that's. I mean, it's a great one. I've talked about it before on probably more than one episode that we've done of this, but uh, it's great. <laughs> and plus, it has this great moment where the lead singer says forty million dollars in a funny voice. That's another thing I'll do when we're not on a hot mic for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Jumping back to the 70s for a little bit, um, Harry Nilsson, I'll Never Leave You from the album Nilsson Schmilson, mm. 1971. Harry Nilsson is an underappreciated guy. He was friends with John Lennon, which is always kind of an interesting thing. Um, for those of you who can't identify the name off the top of your head, uh, Harry Nilsson also wrote the Coconut Song. You know, you put the lime in the coconut. So, um he also wrote Jump Into the Fire, which is the next to last song on Nilsson Schmilson and is used in that great, like, ending, not quite ending scene of uh, Goodfellas when Ray Liotta is mm, all oh, coked yeah, out yeah. and seeing helicopters. Um, yeah. 
Um, everybody's talking the classic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, sticking with 19 with the seventies, uh, Joni Mitchell from the album ladies of the Canyon, 1970. Nice. Uh, the very last song is the circle game, which I Mm. happen to think is probably one of the three or four best songs she ever released anyway. Um, Mm. It is the only one I think on my list that I can definitively say does not feel like a closer to me. Mm, um, yeah. But it's just such a great song. It's got to be on the list. Uh, <laughs> uh, last one from the 70s, and then I have one more. Um, Rush from the, the album Hemispheres in 1978. The closing song is La Villa Strangiato, which mm. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. Um, but then again, they were Canadian, so they probably mispronounced it too. Um, <laughs> La Villa Strangiato is a, I don't know, nine or ten minute song, seven, eight, nine minutes, whatever it is. Mm. Um, it It is very cool because it is arranged almost in an orchestral way where there's different movements and all that kind of thing. But it is an instrumental, and because it's Rush, um, even though it is arranged in an orchestral ray, way, it's still just like, rocks your face off i mean it's <laughs> great drumming i like alex lifeson um i think is underappreciated as a guitarist because people always talk about oh, yeah. neil pert's drumming and and Danny yeah. lee's everything else and alex lifeson kind of <laughs> just gets left out of conversations but holy crap is that dude good at guitar um it's great plus there's one interlude where it sounds like the big scary monster music that uh, from the old like Bugs Bunny cartoons you know do 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 oh, yeah <laughs> I hope we don't get sued by Warner Brothers um <laughs> and then the last one that I wanted to mention and I saved it for last because it is not only my favorite song on the list but is is one of my favorite songs I, I mean, like a top, five, I say a lot of things are like my favorite songs, but this is seriously like a top five favorite song mm. um, is This Must Be The Place, parentheses, oh, no. Naive Melody, uh, from the Talking Heads in their 1983 album, Speaking in Tongues. Um, I it's the, It's my favorite Talking Heads song without a doubt. I mean, there's not even really a close second. It's one of my favorites ever. It just has such a great tempo and a great vibe and a great sound and great lyrics. I mean, there's every part of it is, it's just perfect. I mean, it it is just every part of it is so perfectly executed. Um, And then, and I know we talked about this in the episode that we did on use of songs in movies, um, but it does have a, it's used in the movie Wall Street, uh, when Charlie Sheen first kind of comes into money and is looking at getting a new house and all that stuff. Mm, I also think that happens to be one of the absolute best uses of a song in a movie ever. Um, Although still not quite as good as where is my mind at the end of fight club, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so I did want to mention that. And uh, in case you're keeping track at home, of the 14 songs I talked about one, two, three, four, five, six, exactly seven of them, exactly half of them came from the 1970s. So um, (laughs) for the record, I was born in 1989, so it's not like I was around then, but uh, I I (laughs) guess that's just something about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm probably right there with you or damn near close, so... 
<laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> um, hmm, let's see. Yeah, I think I have like five more. Um, I'll just, I don't even know where to start. I'll just start from wherever I see it. Um, I'll start with Bonavir um, on their self-titled album. Um, it ends with a song called Beth slash Rest. Uh, that's such a cool, like, it's kind of, well, he describes this psychedelic. I guess I wouldn't describe it that way, maybe. But honestly, the thing that, that, that hooks me immediately, but then the lyricism and like the interesting, you know, um, composition keeps me, you know, enticed. But the thing that hooks me immediately is just the tone of the synthesizers, like the texture, like just, just whatever they achieved, whether they did it on tape, I don't know what the technique is and what the, you know, model of it, whatever, don't care. Those, those, man, just that intro is just like, ooh, like, <laughs> it's just like you hear it and you're like, man, that's so, that's so good. Like, it sounds so good, man. It's just like that synthesizer could just play on loop. And I'd be like, man, it's like, you know, it's kind of, kind of got like a worship music vibe, you know, like the, 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 <laughs> the offering plates getting passed around while it's being played. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's just like, it's just so good, man. And it's a perfect closer. And another thing that reaffirmed it to be epic to me is we saw them recently, like two months ago, three months ago, and they were on a 10 year anniversary tour for that album. And so they didn't, they didn't play the whole album all the way through, but they definitely peppered it throughout in sequential order. So like they, they opened it with the opener, the middle of the concert was the middle of the album. And then the closer of the concert was this song. Um, and there was others throughout, but those are the main ones to you know give you an idea. And so when he said, when they came back for the encore and then he was like, we're going to play a song. It's kind of a psychedelic song about death and life. And yeah. And then he like, they started and I was like, Oh man, they're going to end it with this. song. It's like perfect. You know? Um, so that one always is just epic to me. It's a beautiful song. Um, another one is a uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, off of his new album. Actually, I'll start there. Uh, Mr. Morale and the big steppers. It ends with a song called mirror. Um, I just love that song. Uh, it's got a great energy to it, a really great rhythm to it. Um, you know, it's it kind of his conclusion. You know, the whole album is kind of like a theme of like therapy and him coming to terms with different concepts or social concepts or, or concept of himself and whatever. So many different things. Um, and it just kind of ends with a, a sense of like self-awareness and, and pride, but in a, hopefully in a healthy sense. But I just think it's such a cool song and it's got great energy to it. And like, yeah, it feels feels kind of like a closer. Um, and then the other closer of his that I liked is off of Good Kid, Mad City. And that's Compton, um, which I think is produced by Just Blaze. And then it features Dr. Dre. But it's just a, it's just a great song uh, when you have, you know, two of Compton's best, you know, working with each other and it's just an that's a, such an epic album and it ends with 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 them too it's just so cool man I, i've just always loved that ending whether i'm listening to it on vinyl or you know streaming or whatever i'm just like whoo that's definitely the end <laughs> um but super cool um another you know uh good mention is um the arcs um which is one of dan arbach's groups um they only have one album and it's a really cool album. Most of it's kind of high energy rock. It has some slower songs in it. Um, but this one is a slower song that ends it and it's called searching the blue. And I've just always loved this song. At first I used to skip it. I don't know why. I think I was way more geared up to the high energy part of the albums. And then someday I must've had like a slow day or a sad day or something. I was like, I'm going to listen to it all. I'm going <laughs> to listen to those slower tracks way more. And, uh, I just really came to love this song. Um, that whole album I think is great, but, um, that's a, that's a great ending. Um, 
another song is uh the, that album has deep. a great cover on it by the way oh like, yeah like the, the yeah. album cover is fantastic it's almost like yeah. a, a dia de los muertos skull oh yeah mm-hmm. love that yeah yeah that's such a cool cover um i also love the ending of funeral it's the uh an album by arcade fire i think it's their second album um that ends with a track called backseat um kind of another one of those songs that starts off real slow and kind of sweet and then like builds up in the end it's just like you know big rock epic whatever um i've just always loved that song that, that whole album is great um and it's kind of, it's kind of a of a you know, it's definitely a concept so once you get to the end it's just like you know it has a lot of finality and it, it's just an epic song but a very sweet song um and 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 it's sang by the female singer in the group um and then uh i'm forgetting her name um but um, you know, let me look up the name, or you, or you do that if you since you already have your. Uh, why don't you do it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I was trying to. I, I was trying to pull up a picture of that uh, album cover from the arcs and my, uh, <laughs> my my internet decided that it didn't want to do that. So I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, I, I didn't know this. She's married to Win Butler. She's married to the to the lead, the front man of Arcade Fire. I didn't realize they were married. But her name oh, is cool. uh, Regine Cassange. Because I'm probably ruining her last name, but I didn't know that they were married. That's super cool. <laughs> Boom! That was worth looking it up just to know that. Um, but yeah, I've just always loved that album. Um, and and yeah, and that closer. Um, what else I got? Um, oh yeah, Corungbin, uh, Con Todo El Mundo, which I, I've listened to that album so much. But the last track is my favorite track on the whole album. It's Friday Morning. Um, don't have much to say about that. Just saying, like that is my favorite track. So it was cool to see that that was the ender. Um, oh yeah and then that whole album very last, so good yeah that album's great um and speaking of um i think this was released in the same year uh, but speaking of relatively recent albums that are just great through and through and this will be my closer um it's tame impala the album is currents and the closer on that album is uh new person same old mistakes um tracks been covered by rihanna um, in fact, I think Rihanna liked it so much. She covered it like the year it came out or something like that. Really? Um, yeah. Um, because I had, I had to have the, you know, I, I had that moment like that ice, uh, that vanilla ice David Bowie queen moment where people are like, no, it's not, you know, or like people like confront each other. I had that moment with this song with other people telling me it was Rihanna. I'm like, no, it's Tame and Paul. <laughs> Cause I would play it in the office and some people like, you listen to Rihanna. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't know. I didn't know for a little bit. And I had a coworker that kept telling me that. And then she finally explained it like the second time she said it. And I was like, no, what is this is Tampon. She's like, no, that's Rihanna. I'm like, this is, it's right there on the screen. Like this album <laughs> just came out. And she was like, <laughs> and she's like, no, Rihanna just released an album and it has that song on it. And I was like, when? She's like, like a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, this album was out for early, you know, and just being all defensive. <laughs> but I had no idea. I had no idea. It was hilarious. But yeah, but they're great. It's a great version too. Um, but Currents is just an epic album. That, that, that one was like untouchable, man. It's like solid all the way through. Um, just Kevin Parker just being great. <laughs> <laughs> but like, man, just uh, actually that album just turned um, seven like a week ago or something like that. Crazy. 
can't believe it's it's been that long um already but um yeah just it's a phenomenal album i mean that's definitely one of my desert island albums probably um so yeah um, that is a good one um that's another one with a really cool album cover too i, I don't oh, know yeah. Um, super cool yeah um yeah that one i think that was the first tame impala album i listened to and it was on your recommendation um mm. yeah that is good i i didn't really super know what to expect but i but i enjoyed it immensely so that's uh i i owe you for that one <laughs> <laughs> hey we owe kevin parker for that one <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah well this was cool yeah it was interesting seeing like you know, cause there's obviously some albums that came to my mind and I'm like, Oh yeah. How does that one end again? And then like going back to it and being like, Oh, that isn't how it ends. I thought it ended with that one and it ends with this technically, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It, you know? There was, um, like for as much as I enjoyed doing the research for, for this episode, there were a lot of moments of disappointment where you're, you like an album comes to <laughs> mind. You can't quite think the last song you look it up, you go in order of tracks and you're like, okay, banger, bop, hit, you know, whatever the kids are saying. And then you get down to the closer and you're like, ah, that's a little disappointing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that the, really, yeah. in all honesty, that's how it like mostly was when I was going through the Rolling Stones ones. No, I'm not trying to pick on the Rolling Stones, not that they would care. <laughs> I mean, they, they could just stuff their ears with thousand dollar bills and not hear me, but um, <laughs> you know, you know uh, so I'm not, I'm not dumping on the Rolling Stones or trying to pick on the Rolling Stones, but when I was going through, it was, it was kind of funny because you're like, oh, okay, we'll let it bleed, sticky fingers, great. But even like Exile yeah. on Main Street, it's not like a great ender and i can't even remember what it is anymore and i looked mm. at it yesterday um <laughs> so you know it's it, it, there were some of those moments but otherwise this was um and even with that it was still incredibly fun to do the research for it so i i enjoyed it quite a lot and uh yeah it was a really fun topic this is a, a great idea this was yeah. this was all sam for people listening at home that, this one was all his idea Sometimes I chip in, but this one, this one was all Sam. (laughs) Yeah. I like this one. I also like that other one, the, uh, the three song streak. That was cool. Oh man. Like trying to see like, damn it. I thought this guy would have done it. Like, I guess, you know, or like there was an interlude. Why the hell? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, whatever. But yeah, it's fun. Need to keep the good ones coming. (laughs) Oh yeah. All right, man. I'll catch you later. Yeah. Thanks as always. (laughs) 